Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, here it is. The most anticipated podcast interview in Division Three Golf Guys history. Our interview with Tane Lee, who wowed us all this summer on the PGA Tour. Uh, really excited to bring you this interview. But first, I want to talk to you quickly about our friends from Titleist. Titleist is the number one brand in golf. They've got everything you need. Best yet, they give you the best golf balls, gloves, hats, shirts. They are number one for a reason. And right now, it's the holidays are approaching. Make sure you take some time to get out there and get your loved ones a brand new box of Titleist Pro V1s or Pro V1Xs. Also, they recently produced a ball specifically designed for your track man to help you on those internal hitting bay days to make yourself a better player over the winter. Get your new Titleist ball today. All right, and now let's bring you our interview with Tane. All right, joining us tonight, the most famous Division Three golfer currently on the face of the planet, your 2012 NCAA Division Three national champion from Claremont Mud Scripts, Tane Lee. Tane, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I've never been hyped up like that before. Uh, oh, just wait. It gets way better. It gets oh, yeah. way better. Uh, so let me just say congratulations on an absolutely incredible year as a professional golfer. Thank you. It's been wild. I mean, I, I could not have uh, predicted any of that for sure. I mean, it's all relative, right? I mean, it may not be like the biggest accomplishments for some like, you know, bigger players, but for me, it's been absolutely nuts. Well, I mean, let's not sell yourself short. You, you Mondayed into the farmers, right? Yeah. Monday into the farmers, 71, 72, make the cut, 75, 74, respectable. I mean, at, at you know, at Tory, pretty good. And you didn't cheat to, to, to do any of your scoring, right? Which is good. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I did a little bit of the opposite there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know if you probably don't know this. But I don't know if, who knows this, but, um, you know, they, they had like no spectators, but like the century club members or whatever. And, uh, so not many people out there, uh, my dad's following, uh, as my coach. And so I got him a credential as my coach and, um, I'm on the final day playing with Gary Wooden and Ben on, sorry to interrupt you, but you oh, know, keep you, going. You this is what we're here for. Man. And, uh, Gary Woodland and yeah, Ben on, I believe. And so it was lift clean in place the first three days. Okay. The fourth day, I was struggling a little bit off the tee, like, you know, Tori's Tori, and it got me a little bit. And whatever. I started playing okay at the turn. The 11th hole, my 11th hole, which is actually the second hole, I get in the fairway and, you know, I drove, I drove in the fairway this time. And I guess I hadn't done much of that earlier that day um because i wasn't familiar with the rules yet <laughs> and just like we did the last, first three days i picked up my ball <laughs> i mean my first ever pga tour event i looked at my caddy and i was like what the hell are we doing here you know this is like freaking amateur hour just picked up my ball and i just looked at him like with disbelief i looked over at my dad like you know, behind the ropes with disbelief. 
And then I, said, I called Gary Woodland over and I was like, dude, what do I even do? I don't even know. I never picked up my ball in the middle of the fairway before. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got a one shot penalty for that. So kind of, the, you know, <laughs> the opposite. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So well, let's call it 73 plus, plus an oops. Right. Oh, got it. Man. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I'm playing with Gary Woodland. He won the U.S. Open and oh, well, here I am going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not thinking straight, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, so like, then you get into Valero, right, in San Antonio, and, and again, make the cut. I mean, so a couple of nice paydays, which is, you know, really good. Then we get to June, and you get to Congaree, and 67, 68, you're in the final two pairings of the PGA Tour event. Like, t- tell me a little bit about kind of what was going on that week. Like, that had to just be an awesome week. Well, yeah, you think that's awesome. Like, and you know, looking back at it, like that was a big moment, but I mean, at Tory Monday and the Tory, I thought that was like the biggest thing ever. You know, I thought that was like, you know, my golfing career is complete. I've played in a PGA tour event and then you make the cut at Tory pines, you know, <laughs> I've gone to tournaments down there before, you know, there's yeah. U S opens there and stuff. Yeah make that cut. And I literally thought I was like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. You know, I thought I was like, you know, I thought I had like made it, you know, I thought that was, and so I even, I wasn't getting much stuff, but, um, cause you know, I didn't have good status. I didn't have any status, like take it back a couple of years. So, um, I wasn't even getting like clubs and stuff. So when I made the cut, I was like, dude, I'm like big time now. I got to like reach out to, you know, like see if I can get free clubs again and see if I can get like some, you know, this and that. So I thought that was huge. And then you get a Valero and Monday and again, just, you know, hit it really good that Monday. And then I didn't play all that great the first day and the second day, uh, the front nine, but like the back nine, I just, so you know something happened i just like started striping it and birdie no wait anyways i came down down you know played well down the stretch on friday to make the cut i think like was that on the number or something it was close i I don't remember i think it might have been on the number again so two pga tour cuts like on the number i mean that's like that's a lot of pressure because to make the cut and that was huge and then you make like good checks and i'm like wow that's a lot of money and then, and then you go to Congaree at the Palmetto Championship, and now it's just, <laughs> just another level in all aspects. I mean, I could talk about Congaree for like, like just the emotions, everything going on in my mind. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, like well, so I, you, you go out in round one, right? In '67, you, you're you're playing whatever. All right, so, you know, round one, and you come in with '67. So you're signing your card. With 67, I mean, tell me what's going through your head when you're signing your card for 67, round one of at, at the Palmetto Championship. Yeah. Um, well, I'll take it back. Like, So that Monday qualifier was on a Sunday. Yeah. And I had missed out on U.S. Open locals. And so the U.S. Open locals was on Monday, and that's why the Monday qualifier was on Sunday. So I wouldn't have been there if I didn't suck at, Mon- at, the, <laughs> at the locals. And yeah. so – you know, kind of worked out for me, went to the Monday on a Sunday and 
if you take me to like Torrey Pines, I played five out of the 36 holes before it started. Cause like you qualify the qualifier ended on Tuesday and then you got COVID testing took all day. I got to the course right. at like 5 PM and I played two holes the next day. I got, I played like three holes and then whatever. It's like, you don't get much prep Valero. I saw the course once. Um, and I was kind of, you know, rushed like second half of the day. And then Congre, it's like, you know, I was there ready to go on Monday because the qualifier was on Sunday. Uh, so I, I got, I had good vibes and I had a good, um, a local caddy on the, on the bag that we can knew the course. Not many other guys like knew the course cause it was a new tournament. Um, so I just felt like, you know, wow, things are kind of looking up. Like I actually feel somewhat prepared for this PGA tour event. Um, then whatever happens, like hitting the ball pretty good. And then that first round, like dude, to start a PGA tour event, even though it's my first or third one, whatever it is, like you got the blood flowing. And, and so sometimes that's good. Like sometimes you just start striping it when, you know, everything's heightened, like you're, your focus and everything. And, and I just started hitting it really good, you know, probably made a couple putts that day to be honest that that round doesn't like, you know, I was probably, probably like halfway blacked out or something like, I don't yeah. recall all of it, but oh, that's what they say, uh, uh, you know, of, of athletes when they kind of get in the zone, they don't, they don't really remember a whole lot. Cause it's just like, I don't know. I was just playing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It was one of those weeks where, um, yeah, you just don't realize. I don't know. I've been playing really good golf like during the whole COVID break. Um, we had like uh, our kids, 20, our first boy is 20 months now. So he All right. started COVID. So a lot of things had changed. Um, my golf game changed as well for the better, thankfully. Um, I knew I was playing like really well, at, you know, in my practice and stuff, but like, I didn't know how good it was. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're leading a PGA tour event, you just look yourself in the mirror and you look at the leaderboard and you're like, wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really hard to believe. I mean, I can't, I can't put into words like the thoughts going through my head. Yeah. Well, you had, you had D3 Twitter uh, all, all ablaze during that, those first couple of rounds for sure. And even into the third, but I mean, you, you finish, you know, 14th there with a really nice paycheck and, and you made it into the rocket mortgage also, but I mean, again, didn't play terrible there, but, but did that. So you had just this great world renowned PGA tour season, right. Of like Monday qualifying into all these events and then making the cut, which is incredible. So then talk to me about Q school and corn Ferry and kind of where that came from and like how that process was kind of it for you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, you, I kind of described to you like kind of what, what the grind was like this summer. So I, I Monday in to, I wasn't able to do the Mondays uh, to start the year. Torrey Pines is in San Diego. I live in Irvine. So it was like driving distance, drove right. to the Monday, drove to the prequel, got through Monday, made the cut. So then, then I could like Monday qualify. So I don't have right. to go to the prequels anymore. So right. it's a lot more feasible to, to travel for the Mondays. Sure. So I was like, dude, I did it once. Like, see if I can do it again. So I did that and then made two cuts. And then after Congaree, I was like inside the top 200 on the FedEx cup points list, which um, 
I didn't know what that meant at the time. But like uh, Ryan French was like Monday Q, the Twitter. Yep. And then uh-huh. um, a couple other guys were like telling me, it was like, dude, top 200 is a big deal. You know, we all know like 125 is right. hard, whatever. But top 200, like you get in the Corn Ferry finals, which gets you like some Corn Ferry status, I think, gets you to final stage or something. Like it's, it's huge. And you got a chance at a PGA Tour card um, in three weeks. So that was all new to me. So once that happened, I was like, wow, how do I get into another event? And I like reached out to like every tournament director and like all the sponsors and everything. I was like, you know, just begging for a spot. But unfortunately, like all the division one, like all American guys and, and the college you, is it called or whatever it is, um, that new program, like, they had given a lot of the spots away to those guys. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I don't think a lot of my emails like made it through. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, you know, it went straight to the junk box or something. Cause I got like hardly any responses, which was yeah. kind yeah. of, you know, discouraging a little bit. And I just needed to like get in an event, make a cut and finish like top 30, I was told. Um, so I ended up finishing like 209 which yeah. I'm not on the list cause I'm not a member, but like right. equivalent 209 on FedEx. Sure. And so that's like, Oh man, all that for that. Like, I mean, not, that wasn't my mindset. I just, so much good came out of this year, but you know, at the end of the year, I was like, man, I got to go to first stage at Q school. It's like, and that kind of hit me a little bit more cause everybody, like all my buddies and everyone's asking me like, Oh, you know, you're going to Q school, whatever. Like where, where do you start? You go to second stage. And because I don't know, everyone just saw I was in the lead of a PGA tour event and just assumed. And then like, nah, dude, I got to go to first stage. And so um, that made me kind of feel like, oh, wow, like, you know, I'm starting from scratch. And so I went to first stage and whatever, had like a four footer on the last hole, like straight downhill, a little left to right to like make the cut on the number. Nice. And, uh, Damn, I don't know if I really thought about that. <laughs> like having that putt to get through first stage and then finishing 10th at final stage, like I guess that's golf, huh? That's, pretty that's golf. Yeah. I, it, it, just for my listeners, if you can see Dane's face, he just had this recognition that that four footer may have totally made his entire next year. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. We, we didn't know like scores at first stage were crazy low for yeah. me to Dunes. Palm Springs, and it was like 15 under. With 15 under, you know, using first stage of Q school, it's like, wow, you got to play golf. And um, there was a chance, like, it was going to be 14. My dad was catting for me, and I had this four-footer straight downhill. And it's like, if you miss this putt, it's like, it was like kind of on the edge. Greens weren't that fast, but it was kind of on the edge of, like, a hill. So, like, if if I went on the other side, I would have had six feet coming by easy. So yeah. I, I had like a discussion with my dad before that put, I was like, do we think it's going to be 15 or if it's going to be 14? Like, I just like tap this and just like, you know, lay it up. Yeah. yeah. Lay, just lay it up, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I just decided, you know, scores been so low. I might as well just bang this in the middle and hit it hard. And, uh, I went that route <laughs> and thankfully because I needed it. Yeah. So. I think that worked out. 
Yeah. So you make it through first stage. Then and you, where, where were you at second stage? Uh, Bear Creek. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's tough golf course. Greens are usually super fast and uh, firm. This year wasn't as firm. Scores were a little lower, but yeah. I mean, Bear Creek, I was out of it with nine holes to go. I think with like four, with like 13 holes to go, I was like two out of the number or something like that. And then through nine, I was like one outside the number. And it was one of those things again, like you realize at that point, you know, everyone's checking the leaderboard, you know, you can check it on your phone now and yep. looking at that thing. You're like, man, dude, if I don't turn this on right now, you know, you're going home. It's going to be a long winter. And so I just, uh, well, those things that got my attention a lot. My, yeah. I just got in the straight grind mode and birdied, I think, five out of eight holes. But then even when you do that, it's final stage of Q school. Like, anything can happen. So you're like, oh, well, I need one more birdie, one more birdie. Because, like, just in case that one errant shot ha- or something bad happens, you're, like, trying to get yeah. that cushion. And so um, next thing you know, like, you know, finished, I think, fifth, which was, which is weird because, like, you feel like you're on the line the whole day just because, yeah. like, that's what you're focused on, just getting past that number. Right. Um, but, yeah, got got through somewhat comfortably, but it didn't feel comfortable at all. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how it works. So then you get to go to Savannah for, for finals, and now you know, all right, I'm going to get something out of this, right? Mm-hmm. So what, right? Because once you're in finals, you're going to have some level of status. You're going to be able to do some things on Cohen Ferry. But the yeah. goal is top 40, probably, right? Like, hey, can I get into the top 40 so I can get the, you know, the 10 starts, right? And then the, then there's wet, it gets crazy weather. But just kind of tell me when you get there, kind of the atmosphere, because they have it set up like a tour event. Yeah, it's totally different than the first couple stages. I mean, all the tour trucks are there um, from the tour, but also like the manufacturers. Um, yeah, all the officials are there. The ropes, you know, it's um, it's night and day between first two stages. Like caddies are required. No more lasers. You got to wear pants, which I guess you had to wear pants in the first two. But um, yeah, it's just legit. Like it's it's a real event, that last one. And after second stage, like final stage is a lot less pressure because you got status and like you're a member of the Corn Ferry Tour. If you miss second stage, you don't have anything. And, right. you know, I've been in that position before. I just, I was very relieved after second stage. I was like, yeah. you know, no more pressure anymore. This is just relaxed, whatever. But then you get to final stage and then like you see the setup and everything and you're like, wow, this is a big deal. Like I got to do well, you know, it kind of hits you there and leading up to it. I think all my buddies and everyone's following. Um, if you're following Q school for the first time, like final stage is like the finals. So yeah, it, to everybody else, I think it seems like that's the biggest deal. So all my buddies texting like, Oh, good. Like at final stage is like, dude, you just need to, you know, four good rounds and you get like starts. And, uh, and so that made me think like, dude, everyone like, it just, it made the, it magnified final stage a little bit more than I thought. Cause honestly, 
getting to final stage, I was like relieved. I was like a little bit relaxed. I was like, you know, go try my best at the final stage. Top 40 is great, but it's not like the end of the world. Missing right. second stage felt like the end of the world, you yeah. know? Um, so, but then I get there and it's like, you know, you want to do really well. And then, and then you yeah. start feeling like the moment and you're like, wow, if I finished, you know, 41st, I may not get starts. Like this may not mean anything getting this far. So yeah. it's like, you really got to finish the job. Um, and so, yeah, I got in the grind mode again and, and, uh, the courses were demanding, uh, that made it all the more harder conditions were brutal. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you mean conditions were perfect for a D3 guy? Yeah, no yeah. All those pampered guys. No way. Let's put yeah. us in Savannah. Let's make it blow the wind, rain, sopping wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that. That's, yeah. that's D3, baby. That's us. Well, we're yeah. here. We're playing. Let's go. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, I, I believe we've had several of those tournaments actually in that area of the country that I know I have been to where, in fact, you could look at Oglethorpe's Jekyll tournament last year where I had videos of umbrellas going across the fairways and across the top of the pond. And oh, I'm like, man. oh, as soon as I saw the weather, I'm like, okay, our D3 guys are going to be good. They're, yeah. they're going to be prepared. Dude, Jekyll uh, Island with that kind of weather. That's, yeah. Uh, that sounds brutal. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but so, I mean, you, you come out solid 71, 70, first two rounds, you, you had to be feeling really good. But then, I mean, you, you really, you kind of put the pedal down the last couple of days and it had, that had to feel so good. Just to tell me a little bit about kind of the last two days of, of Q school finals. Yeah. You know, the first two days, I guess they're pretty solid, but I hit the ball really well. Like yeah. I might've missed like just a couple greens or something like that. Like in the two days, I, I forget what it was, but I was, you know, I hardly missed a shot first two days but like the greens were really different on the two courses and they were very tough like i don't play in bermuda much and it was like bermuda with like a bunch of like they had like it's dormant bermuda basically right yeah they just paint it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's what i was trying to describe and then the other course was like brand new greens so there's a like a ton of subtleties because they weren't like settled in yet. Oh. And I was like, man, how's like anybody making putts out here? So I hit it good, didn't make anything. And and I, you know, I was in good position. Like maybe I after the first round, I was outside the number. But after the second round, I was like close to the number. Yep. Um and but you know, you don't feel good being close to the number. Like you're trying to get as far away from that thing as possible on the upside. And, and so I, you know, went out the third day and pretty, pretty solid round, you know, I had to play the harder course, which Magnolia was the offsite course, but it was the harder course, which was kind of odd. Um, so that was big for me to kind of get that course out of the way. Yeah. See, that course has like, there's a couple like, you know, close to 500 yard par fours. Yeah. It's super wet and you know raining and sloppy yeah very sloppy and the greens are tough because they're like made for par fives and tee shots really tight and there there were some there were like a handful of holes at final stage this year that were like extremely demanding yeah um so and did his q school so like 
you can make a one huge number. Like it's really hard to make up yeah, for that. Yeah, that's it. Um, so glad I got that third round out of the way. And then the fourth round, it's like, I don't know. I think I've done like key schools have been okay to me. And I think part of that reason is because like, <laughs> you're just, you, you can never like breathe. And so it almost makes you, it forces you to like bring out your best game to the very end. Like sometimes if you grind on Friday, like Friday afternoon to make a cut, like you're kind of relieved. And then Saturday is like kind of a letdown. Um, but key school, like I think your body and like mentally, yeah. you know, that that's just not an option. Yeah. Um, so that, well, that's I was, crazy. I was glued. I was glued to the corn ferry leaderboard and there was one guy on the course and he was like one back of you. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, no, no. And then he tied you for a little bit. And then it was like, he bogeyed a couple holes coming in. Cause I was like, Oh my God, if this guy gets in there, it's going to be a, a let tied for 11th, not 10th. Oh my gosh. No. Um, so yeah, yeah I, was, there's, there's a lot of us kind of like, okay, come on, get in there. Cause the two yeah. courses you had that you're like, Oh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, come on. Cause right where you came me 67 the last day, awesome round. And so, you know, I, we just, we, I, all of division three golf Twitter. We were all like, yes, yes. Now, speaking of Twitter, are you familiar with the very popular Twitter handle tame MF Lee? <laughs> Dude, that's probably the thing that I've gotten the most questions about <laughs> this year. And, you know, I had no idea about it for the longest time too. I think while it was going on and then I congregate like, you know, then I got a lot of comments on it. And so I even yeah. got some comments from like a couple of like, um, like club guys were like, Hey, is this you? I'm like, seriously, <laughs> dude, you think that's me? Like, dude, that, that would be pretty legendary if like, yeah. a player had a, a, a Twitter like that and it was actually them. Yeah. That would be, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so now is it is it one of your buddies or is it somebody you don't even know? <laughs> yeah. So it's uh someone who went to the same college that I went Okay. To. Okay. So <laughs> it's somebody from from Claremont. Yeah. And okay. you know, I hadn't really like kept in touch with him since college. Okay. Um, but then after that I texted him and I was like, dude, seriously, like, you know, <laughs> this is you doing this. And dude, I mean, he's just having like the greatest time with that. But well, yeah, well, we 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 hear the D3 golf guys follow him and he follows us. So uh <laughs> yeah. we'll have to have him on here once uh once you continue to do really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have to do that. <laughs> so let's just clarify, like. So you won nationals individually in 2012, but you were from Maryland, right? How'd you get all the way to California? Um, yeah, so I was born in Maryland. I was only there okay. for two years, but I uh -huh. grew up in I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, which right. Is like and then you moved uh, before that, back out to California. I moved at the start of eighth grade. Okay, perfect. So yeah, I moved um, to San Juan Capistrano, like you know, um, Southern yeah. California, when I was like. 13 i think okay. 13 and a half or so all right so so you, you go out you're in california for high school so what what drew you to claremont um so my dad went to claremont first okay he played soccer there okay. um so my dad moved from korea to la like when he was like 15 or so and you know 
he went to college. He was a freshman in college when he was must have been seventeen. So he didn't like go visit schools or anything. He just like Claremont, the Claremont coach like hit him up and he just said basically like sure. And so he ended up there uh, just by chance. And then my sister's three years older than me. She went to Scripps, which okay. is like the sister school. Right. Um, and she was there. So we would be, we overlapped for one year. Okay. Um, and she loved it there. My dad loved it, Claremont. And so my whole family was like, dude, go check Perfect. it out at least. Um, and, uh, you know, I had the dream of playing like division one golf, whatever. Um, but then my junior year summer. So, you know, for like big time guys, they get signed like earlier. Yeah. You know, they commit early, but for the next level, it's like, you're basically banking on your junior year summer to sign senior year fall. And I had like an appendicitis my oh, no. junior year. And I was out from golf for like a month and a half during that summer. And it's like, dude, that's like, that's everything. So, yeah, you know, it's not like, I wasn't good enough for like coaches to take chances on me. So right. they're like, Oh, you know, I'm not seeing this guy, you know, enough. And when I came back, it's not like I was playing well, like, it, you know, super well the later that summer. So, um, no one, you know, I, I don't think I got any offers. I got like one, uh, university of San Diego, um, or, Tim Mickelson was the coach and Ryan Reza was like the assistant. I think he came to watch me in a tournament and he wrote me like a handwritten letter, just like showing interest. And I think that was like the most interest I got. Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't get hardly anything. So I was, you know, senior year fall comes around and I'm like, man, I was like working my butt off through high school for this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm pretty extreme, but like I was pretty determined to get that you know, division one offer and it didn't happen. So I was like, it was a huge letdown, but then, um, you know, my parents really helped me and turned around and be like, dude, you can go to a, you know, a good school still, you know, kind of may have the opportunity with that, um, for that with golf and it's an individual sport. Like my dad was big about, Hey, you know, you can still play as much as you want and practice as much as you want. Like if you still want to play professionally or whatever, like you can still chase it. That's totally up to you. Um, but you know, it's, this is not like the end of the world. Like, um, so he gave me like his support and he was like, dude, this is, you know, doable. And that meant a lot to me. And I was like, cause that's like borderline depression at that time. You're like, man, you work so hard for something. And then, you know, that's failure, not getting that offer. Um, and so, yeah, my parents really helped me like turn that around and look at it in a different way. And then I went to go visit Bim Jollymore, the coach at the time of Claremont. And, you know, it just like felt right. Like that first day visiting with him, um, went really well. And I think that was my only visit. And I basically told him like, if I get in now through the academic side, like, I'm going here. So um, for it turned out really well for Claremont. You guys did pretty good for four years. Yeah. Yeah, we did all right. But their success more came like after I left. Yeah, I know. But there's a reason why. And, and <laughs> well, we all, all the coaches, we all, we all talk about it, we can go, let's see. Good program started with this one good player. Well, um, 
don't know and, about yeah. that. Uh, well, you don't get an opinion on this one. When I was <laughs> sitting with several coaches a, a couple months ago, we all agreed. So sorry. Um, well, you know, no. You've been outvoted. Um, coach, you, you've been coach, outvoted on that one. No, coach did a great <laughs> job. Like when I left, and he he like brought in a bunch of good players. Um, and yeah, like we're okay. Like we started to get good. Like my last couple of year. Last couple of years, like kind of competitive, all four years. But then, yeah, when I left, like I didn't follow the program a whole ton, like that first year when I left. And then afterwards, I was like, "Wow, these guys are legit." Yeah. And then I think they won that, like the you, second. You should year be, after. yeah. You should be as old as me. <laughs> You'd be like, I couldn't play golf in in, in this Division Three world. I'm not good enough. Uh, Dude, it's uh, you insane know? how how different it is. Like, there's a. The kid that was like trying to get you know play college golf at my at the course that I practice at now and and so I'm like started following a little bit like what what it takes to play D three golf now like yeah. it's insane that's like, it's legit yeah yeah it's 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 definitely gone up a level but then again you know professional golf since I turned pro I think has stepped up yep. too like everything exactly. everyone seems to get oh. I've gotten a lot better unless some might say the equipment have has helped tremendously yeah yeah I, well, there's, there's so, a lot of factors I guess so Tane you know like one I, I love your story I've been following you for a long time because I remember when you won nationals back in 2012 because I was an old person when you won uh as a college senior already <laughs> um but so to kind of take us kind of what to expect kind of going forward. Obviously you're guaranteed 12 starts, I believe on corn Ferry with full status. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 12 set. I think like it's called like some the full membership or something like that. Okay. But okay. yeah, but it's not like, you know, you're only guaranteed 12 starts, but I think um, the category is pretty good. Like as long as you do okay, the first 12 events, like, you'll keep going. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like the ninth through 12th events, like since there's only 10, nine guys in that category, like I'll have yeah. those events like to need to do well. in. I'm not sure really how the breakdown is going to be. I'm sure it changes year over year um, with how the Q school guys play early in the year, but um, it's a, I mean, I, this is an awesome opportunity. Like, I'm extremely stoked about it. Like I've been on, on cloud nine since uh, final stage um, just coming back home and we got a two month old, we got 20 month old. And then like this <laughs> happened and you know, we only got married a few years ago and it's like, it's just a crazy time of life over yeah. here. And uh, me and my wife just like talk about it sometimes. We're like, man, like, you know, we're believers and we're like, dude, that. Uh, I don't know. God's been great to us. Like it's just been, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride, but like feel just extremely fortunate to have this opportunity. Like right now I'm just focused on get the game right, you know, get the body right. And when that first event in the Bahamas comes around, I'm just going to be pedal to the metal. Like, you know, I got nothing to lose really. Like might as well just try to ball out and see what what we can do. Well, you got big fans all across the country because, uh, as we say, you know, we like to beat up on each other in Division Three. But sort of, w- once you're a Division Three guy, we 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 protect our own. So, dude, uh, D three, D three is definitely of like supporters. A, yeah, definitely like a brotherhood. I mean, I felt the support big time this year. 
first of all, I didn't know I had so much support. I didn't know so many people I like, cared about my golf, but like I've gotten so much love and support and a lot of it from like D3 guys. And whenever I see or hear of a D3 guy too, I'm like, you know, you just, it's so natural. You just like start pulling for them, even though you've never met them before. And, you know, we've all gone through it. And I think something we all have in common. And, and uh, I don't know, we have a little chip on our shoulder too. It's yeah. like, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we're a little forgotten sometimes. And actually, like I thought about that a lot this year and it kind of reminded me a lot about like my roots, quote unquote, D3. Like when I was asking for those sponsor invites and stuff, I was like, come on, man. Like, you know, show some love to some D3 guys, you know, you know, we don't get like any sponsor invites like out of for like equipment stuff too. I think a lot of, a lot of equipment manufacturers, they give like players equipment in college and then expect like that you go up with them and you know they, they got a lot of resources going that way. Mm-hmm. But and so like I remember first time through Q school, it's like I had zero offers. Um in Europe, like I got through Q school and I was like, yeah, no one really cared. Like no one I wasn't on right. like any programs before then. So right. um it's just just like small things like that. You're like, Oh yeah, you, uh, they make a big difference. Yeah, it makes the brotherhood of D so- three strong. So, so coming out of uh, out of finals this year, any have you talked to any manufacturers or sponsors or any of that kind of stuff? No, I got a little bit of a mixed bag, so I didn't get any offers for um for any club deals actually. Well, just yeah. like a Titleist uh, ball sh- ball glove sure. deal, but um, yeah, I think I'm going to get some support from like some local guys that I know. Um, yeah. So that'll be very helpful, um, but. Yeah, I'm actually, I got a guy, you know, kind of a player manager helping me out now a little Good. bit. Um, so first time I've had some help on, you know, in that regard. And we'll see. We'll see what, what can okay. happen. I'm looking for some support for the year right now. And and uh, so hopefully we'll figure that out before the end of the year. Absolutely. So well, we're going to send you a, a D3 Golf Guys care package for sure. Uh, just for, for coming on and mm-hmm. and we're going to be following you and if there's everything anything we can do you, you let us know and after you win and finish top 10 uh there's going to be an email in your inbox congratulating you going come back on the podcast <laughs> dude uh, that'd be insane man well I'll, I'll do my part this off season we'll see if we can't make that happen all right well we'll do ours so we'll be rooting for you uh all year so uh tane thanks so much for coming on the podcast and and good luck Thanks, Mike. Hey, just want to say, like, good luck to all the D3 guys out there and guys in school and out of school pursuing it. I mean, it's a grind, but, yeah, I just right before I signed on, I was thinking, man, I wish somebody told me that, you know, golf's still golf. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like. It's not like uh, any other sport, really, like it's the only sport that it's like that, like you can be at the D three level. Like you still have the same opportunity to get as good as you can. Like, you know, golf course doesn't know, you know, right. who's put, playing it and put the peg in the ground uh, and count them up at the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just love that. I love seeing D three guys do well. And, um, sometimes like, I feel like in sport, like it makes you feel like you need to go to a division one program, do well and stuff, but I don't know golf. Like it just gives you that opportunity. You can get as good as you want to get. And when yeah. you're, 
good golf is good golf. Like that's yep. what I realized. I feel well, like. and and what I've said to a lot of people and things before is, look, you could go to a Division One school and be the sixth, seventh guy and somewhat be in the van, or you could go to Division Three school and have a chance to win a national championship or two. And which one do you think is going to get more looks when they come out of school? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. Your national championship definitely helped you early on as a player. And it's something you still can carry around with you to say, Hey, I, I, I've proven I'm, I'm one of the best in this area, you know? Yeah, you and, know. yeah. Part of the reason I see that too is so this year at like Tory Pines, I think like strokes gain T to green, all my buddies were making a big deal out of the fact that I was like number one. And then after the second round, I was number two. And then leading the tour event, like I was, I had no, like it probably meant more to me than it should have because I've been practicing at home. I was like, this is good. But like, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, like not around many good players. Then I played at division three school where it's like, you know, we don't know what division one guys are doing and what their games look like. So we don't have that to kind of measure up against. And so this year when I had some like tangible things to look at, to like get some verification, I was like, man, you know, I wish I kind of knew like good golf is good golf. Like you don't have to be like unsure about that. So anyways, that was, that was something I learned. And I'm like, I wish I knew that. Just want to pass that on. Well, I think I think you've you already already have and will continue to inspire a lot of Division three guys uh, and girls across uh, across the country. So we'll just say uh, thanks and good luck. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Thanks for all the love. Yay! It's not over yet. We we got a whole year. All right. All right. We'll see. What thanks, we can Dave. Do. All right.